Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Luck. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. All right, everybody, welcome to another fine edition of Dr. Homebrew. My name is Jason, and I'm your host for today. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Hi, Brian. How are you? Hey, pretty good. Really? Um, yeah, actually. That's good. That's Glad good to news. hear. <laughs> Lee, how are you? I'm just fabulous. Thank you. We're all fine and good here. Yes. How are you, people out there in Beer Radio Land? Thanks uh, for, for sticking with us. Uh, I know right now our site is down, so uh, if you guys are listening live, it's got to be over the, the new live stream page, so they're kind of forced to see us, forced to see our faces. Oh, I'm sorry. What is that page? <laughs> New.livestream.com slash brewing network. Okay. Uh, and if you aren't listening live and you want to see our faces, you can log in there, and this show is uh, conveniently for you. Uh, it's ready. It's ready right there. It's up. Hey, and, do we uh, have sp- uh, any sponsors for this show? We do have sponsors. Uh, we have a few sponsors. The main sponsor, the one that I like to focus on the most, is Five Star Chemicals. I like those guys. They're pretty good, right? You know, they make some good products. I just brewed uh, I brewed with my buddy Warren this weekend, and we used Five Star uh, PBW to clean uh, the heck out of my conical, which hadn't been cleaned in three months. Uh, it worked like a charm. It was great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and if you're a lazy brewer like me, um, go over to fivestarchemicals.com. Um you know five star if you're a home brewer of any any sort of uh you know length of time you you've seen their products before it's pbw star sand sandy clean stuff like that um if you haven't used them please give them a try we think that you'll like them i really enjoy them five star they're great um you know basically they're the ones who who kind of introduced the uh uh the fact that you can't just use one of those single step cleaners to clean and sanitize at the same time. You have to do it in a particular order. You have to clean first and then sanitize. So don't trust anything else that you see on the market because uh, it's not really going to work as well as a, as a PBW star sand combination punch will. When done in the right order, yes. Right, yes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, pick them up. Uh, try it out. PBW 5 Star, 5 com. Ask for them at your local home brew supply. Store. Uh, okay, we have uh, we have a couple beers for you today, and uh, in case you you don't really know much about Doctor Homebrew, let me just explain it to you. It's uh, basically an interactive BJCP score sheet. My good friends Brian and Lee will sit down, and uh, they judge some beers. You send in beers, they judge them, and then we come on the show. We bring you on the show, and we talk to you about your beer. Um, you know, maybe you're looking for some off flavors that you you know you you think that there's some funkiness going on, but you don't, really don't know how to find it, or 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 you you know that it's there, or you know how to find it, but you don't know what to do with it. Maybe you're looking to add some off flavors to your beer to make it more interesting. <laughs> maybe that's true. We can tell you how to do that too. We sure can. Yeah, we got some good ideas there. Your yeah, beer's may- too good. You just keep scoring forty eights at all the competitions. Yeah, you want to come down just a notch. <laughs> maybe don't use five star, and then your beer will start to really not be too good. 
anyway, so today we have uh, two beers. What do we have, guys? We have a, 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 a spiced American brown ale, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Okay. And um, what was the other one? I forget. It's an Oktoberfest. 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 Have we ever had a, a fest beer before? We don't Not do- on the show, no. Well, not, not as many loggers as, as ales, and you got to appreciate the skills out there and the the logger brewing home brewer community out there. I'd, yeah, I've you know, it's it's a skill you have to really work at to get to get right and nail it. So it is, you know, and I've 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 tried it once or twice. They you know they're okay, but uh, you know I, I don't know what my problem is with loggers. Um, you know, I wonder if it's just a lack of water treatment. I don't do anything with my water. I carbon hey, filter. There's and that's this great it. show you could bring your beer into called Doctor Homebrew. Well, yeah, but those guys are kind of jerks. <laughs> we be are, nice. but, but but that's what you need, right, JP? You to get you to stop <laughs> being such a lazy brewer. <laughs> that's true. You know, I I realized when I was brewing with Warren, um, I I just really don't like the act of brewing beer. I like <laughs> recipe formulation and, and and tasting beer and figuring that stuff out. But as far as Sitting around in my in my garage, just watching a kettle boil oh, and timing things and running around, you, I just don't like it. You, you don't get that some, same religious experience that we get. Man, what's you, wrong? You put some music on while you do it. I do, I yeah. do. I have music, and it's just you know, it's like okay, three hours of air guitar later, it's time to, <laughs> time to start loudering, huh? You can only do the air splits so many times, <laughs> and then the neighbors drive by, and go, "What are they doing?" Not again. That's always my favorite. People driving by and they look in your garage. They give you the long look and they're just <laughs> driving by and they're staring at you, running into the phone oh, pole. Yeah. <laughs> Stop looking at my garage. I had a guy walk by my garage one time and his this guy's like you know three year old daughter. So like, what what's that guy doing? And he said, <laughs> Oh, he's making daddy juice. Like he knew daddy what I was juice. doing. I was like, Cool. That guy's cool. <laughs> daddy juice. I don't know. Yeah. That's weird. I don't know if I could ever describe anything as called daddy juice. Oh, you'll have to Not pro- the propagate the species, then you'll understand, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, who wants to do that? That's, that's work. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we've introed the show. We've introed the beards. We're going to get Andrew on the phone here in a bit and uh, via Skype. So cu- cross your Skype fingers, guys. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll start judging this, uh, this beer, this uh, brown ale, right? The uh, spiced... Spice Spice brown. brown, That's the first one up. That's the first one up, guys. Hot dog. All right. Yeah, I should have. I should have looked at him before I. I did the. uh, The order, but you know what are you gonna do? We'll just live with it. You guys will be fine. We'll start with the dark ale. We'll go to that the lighter colored (laughs) lager. It's okay. This is the new the new order here. We'll we'll live. Yeah. Why not? Uh, Anyway, it's Doctor Homebrew. Everybody, hang on a sec. We'll be right back. Know the three most important rules in brewing sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, Star Sand, Santa. 
Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the five-star treatment today. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Come along now. It's time for your medication. Everybody, welcome back. On the line with me, we should have Andy. Andy, are you there, buddy? I'm here. All right. Hey, Skype's working. That's amazing. Uh, anyway, thanks for joining us. I know it's a little late where you are, but uh, beer, you know, beer waits for no man. You know what I mean? I'm happy to be be on with you guys. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. So, uh, tell me a little bit about this beer here. This is a uh, an American brown uh, with some spices in it, right? Uh, no, 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 actually okay. it was, uh, I, I brewed the beer, uh, based on a, a recipe before, which was going to be a, a, a fall spice beer. Um, and I, I, I had some fermentation issues, I think where it ferment, it fermented too high. So the, the taste, I, I decided not to do the spice. Um, and so I actually did some other things to the beer, um, and entered it into a competition and got back. Um, comments of like this overwhelming banana flavor and that I really should have entered it as a, a fruit beer, a brown banana rather than a specialty. Mm-hmm. Brown banana beer? Yeah. Brown banana. Okay. All right. Uh, and how long have you been homebrewing? Uh, a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not too bad. A little noob. A little green around the ears or whatever they say. Gills. Wet behind yeah, the ears? De- I don't yeah, def- def- definitely a newbie. That's good. How you liking it so far? I'm I'm pretty hooked. So yeah. I brewed a lot this year. I, I think I did like the first five batches extract, and then went to all grain, and I've just been been going strong since. Awesome. So okay, well, uh, what can we help you out with this beer? Then what would you like to get out of this? Well, the one thing I wanted to know was just about entering competitions too, and and when you have a beer that doesn't you know, maybe turn out 
necessarily what you're going for. Um, that was, you know, the, the comment was really, you know, the last thing that the judge wrote was this would score well or better as a banana, uh, a brown banana. So wanted to talk about that. And then just being so new, wanted to see if I could taste it with you and talk about off flavors. And, you know, that's something that I, I don't really have yet is being able to pick up off flavors. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, do you have this beer in front of you right now? I do. All right. Well, let's get into it. Lee, why don't you start us off, man? <clears throat> All right. Um, the aroma on this beer started out with kind of some cocoa chocolate, a little bit of kind of a root beer estery kind of flavor or aroma. Um, and some alcohol was apparent in the nose. Had a little bit of a kind of hot solventy edge to my, to my nose. Um, a little bit of wood and vanilla aromas. Um, some hints and maybe some clove or brown spices, some kind of phenolic characters like that. Uh, didn't pick up any hops, which is probably fine for this kind of a beer. No DMS or diacetyl. Um, it seemed like I was getting some character there of some fairly warm alcohol and definitely some um, some kind of phenolic character there, like spicy character. Uh, appearance is deep brown, had pretty good clarity. Uh, you can see through it pretty well. It wasn't quite brilliant, but it's pretty good clarity. Pours a pretty low tan head that fades immediately to a low bead. Um, the flavor started out with a lot of spice and some drying wood character. Um with a fairly strong ester profile, I got cherries and banana. I got cherries more than banana, actually, in this one. Um, the alcohol flavor, again, with kind of a bourbon-y cast, and, and again, some kind of um, a solventy, almost kind of like a rubbing alcohol kind of character to it, to the alcohol. Malt flavors, kind of cocoa and chocolate, and that's about it. I, I would say the, the brown ale character has gotten pretty well submerged under a lot of the specialty uh, additions and probably the warm ferment that you mentioned here. Um well, it's no hop flavor, just enough bitter to support it. Balances definitely to the malt. Finishes a little bit sweet with lingering wood and cocoa and some of that alcohol, bourbon-y, solventy character and cherry. Um, had a medium, it's a medium low body. Carbonation was pretty low. It was, wasn't quite flat, but it was definitely lower than it probably needs to be. Um, it's not astringent, really, but it definitely has a drying character to it. Um, likely from the wood that you put in there and some of the alcohol and the dark malts and maybe some of those phenolics are uh, participating in that as well. Uh, the alcohol warmth was there, a little bit of that low edge to it, the solventy note. Uh, creaminess is pretty low overall. I, I, I thought it was kind of an interesting combination of flavors in here. Um, this, I, we were presented with this as having spices in it, but I guess it didn't. But definitely had some phenols in there, which are the same class of uh, flavors, aromas that, that spices usually you would get from uh, spice addition, especially if you're using brown spice, sort of things like cloves or nutmeg or that sort of thing. Um, so if you didn't add any, I'm kind of curious where that's coming from. But it's, um, also his choice not to add spices, my, you yeah. know, the, the intuition there was probably pretty good, I would say, because I mean, not to just bust in on you there, but yeah, I think <laughs> if you would have added a lot of spices to this, it would have just been fighting with everything else there. Go on. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, the wood flavor is in pretty good balance with the beer. It's not too strong. The esters are quite strong, especially the cherry. <laughs> the, the banana comes out more as it warms up. Um a lot of drying character and just a lot of kind of a high alcohol character to it. Um, you'd mentioned, I guess, you had a pretty high ferment temperature on this one. Yeah, I think it was the uh, the Yeast ten fifty six, and it fermented probably around seventy two, which is kind of the, the the higher end of that the, the scale for that. That's high. It's not out of the ballpark high, really. Um, 
But I would say in this case, you definitely got some sort of higher alcohols in there. It, it's not the worst kind of solventy stuff I've ever had, but it's just got a little bit of kind of a rubbing alcohol character to it. Uh, the other possibility is it could have come from whatever whatever spirits you used to soak the wood chips. Uh, if it wasn't the best quality spirits, I don't know what you used. Uh, but sometimes you'll get that out of those. Um, so, I don't know. Um, Brian, do you want to do a few notes on this before we go into maybe what you might, you might want to troubleshoot? Or do you want me to just dive into that? Um, yeah, go for it, Lee. All right. Got a page full of notes to read there. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so... What to do with a beer like this, um, since you're looking for some feedback. Um, first thing I think you need to do is get the bottle carbonation up. I don't, it's hard, it's dark enough, I couldn't really see if you bottle conditioned this or if it was a pre- counter pressure fill. Um, but definitely the carbonation needs to go up. So maybe some fresher yeast, if you're active growing yeast, if you're bottle conditioning, or um, make sure you freeze, you know, put your bottles in the freezer and fill with ice cold beer if you're doing a counter pressure fill on it to help keep the carbonation from escaping. Um, the cocoa in the base style was kind of nice, but the rest of the beer was lo- kind of lost under all that ferment character and saw uh, the, the wood and everything. So you might want to, I think you definitely need to bring down the ferment character. The wood, maybe not, maybe you don't need to throttle that back. I don't know that that may be okay. It's, it's a little forward, but not bad. Um, but if the ferment, the alcohol in here, um, and if you didn't add spices, those, that phenol characteristic is all kind of puzzling. Um, for the alcohol, I would just make sure you pitch with a fresh, healthy, active yeast culture. Uh, make sure you use a starter if you didn't. Uh, make sure you have enough yeast to do whatever volume and gravity of beer you've got going there. There's you know, a couple online calculators you can find to help you out with that. And um, Mr. Malty. Mr. Malty's one. Yeah, some uh, rumor has it he has some connection to this this facility we're in here. Um, and other than that... I think that's the main thing. The the phenolic flavors I'm getting here are a bit of a puzzle, though, if you didn't add spices. If you did not add spices, they might suggest maybe some wild yeast got in there or something um, that would give that kind of a character to it. Uh, it didn't come across to me like that, but uh, Brian might have some other ideas on that. I don't know. Anyways, I, I think this is something, if you're interested in, you should maybe repeat and try again. Uh, might take a few times to get the balance to come out right and get the ferment control to where you need it. Uh, I think it's actually a pretty good idea. There's a lot of interesting flavors in here, too, but I, I think it's going to take some work to get it worked out properly. Brian? Yeah, thanks, Lee. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said there. So, yeah, it's... it's um, uh, hopefully we don't we don't lose you. He's awfully quiet over there. Are we... Are we are we pissing you off, Andy? Sorry. No, I'm still here. I'm just, okay. I'm, I'm sure he's just hanging he's out. He's listening yeah. intently so and drinking. We don't want our East Coasters to fall asleep here because we just drone on about the beer. Um, so yeah, in the, in the nose, there were definitely some high kind of slightly odd dark fruit notes in there. It had like kind of a, a plum and, and dark cherry, um, in the malt side of things, uh, you know, that's some of the esters that were popping through in the malt side of things. There was kind of a low chocolatiness in there and a bit of a hazelnutty thing. There was just a little bit of nuttiness in there. Uh, but for this style, you probably would want a lot more malt complexity coming through, up front, even if you you do have it balanced with something else like a booze and wood thing, you want that to come through, you know, just enough so that it's um, you know complex enough. I don't know what the malt bill was. We can take a look at that and see what malts were in there. Um, it did have a moderate kind of plasticky uh, plasticky phenolic in the, in the nose. If you just put your nose down in that beer and take a few short sniffs, especially right after you just pour a fresh sample of it, 
sometimes that that could blow off just a little bit, but it's just smells like kind of smelling the inside of a a dirty plastic bucket kind of thing (laughs) a little bit. Um, it's not like the band-aidy kind of one that you can get that too sometimes, but this is just kind of a straight plasticky phenolic to me. Kind of like a plastic soda bottle. Plastic it's soda empty bottle. Without yeah. soda in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like a cherry Coke. <laughs> like a cherry Coke soda bottle. So yeah, I agree with what these comments about the, the hot alcohol. It was in there and it was a bit of a sharp hot alcoholic note. It wasn't too offensive in the aroma. Um, but you could kind of guess that it might have been fermented a little high and we were also told that it was fermented a little high. So, that jived. <laughs> Didn't get any hops like Lee did. Uh, no, no DMS or diacetyl in there. It was. It had faintly, uh, you know, had a fair amount of booze and and a faint little woodiness in there. Uh, you could you could pick up some of the declared items in there, which is good. Um, but uh, yeah, it was the, the wood was pretty low. I was kind of fighting to be noticed in there. Uh, you know, deep dark brown beer seems fairly clear. Mostly fine bubbles dropped, just like Lee said. Uh, it, it did drop pretty quickly. Uh, so poor head retention, but don't knock it down too bad for that. Um, as as far as the flavor goes, uh, this is kind of interesting merging of, of maltiness and booze, and you know it's got this slightly cocoa-y thing going on. You know, with the with the booze, those are the first two things I kind of picked up, and then below that, and the flavor, the phenolic came through a little less to me, but still get a lot of that hot alcohol solventy notes in there. And, um, you know, it, evidence of uh, a high ale temp ferment um, had some components of kind of a the things you get from, a, you know, kind of frenzied yeast from uh, your yeast just gets a little too happy and takes off and is like, I'm going to kick out all these flavors, man. And some, you That's know, possible. funky, yeah, you know, funky huh. um, esters and just, uh, um you know, the, but I think that I would think that the phenolic itself might not be coming from the intended yeast strain. You could have some some wild yeast in there. I'm I'm speculating, but you have to be really careful to you know pitch enough happy, healthy yeast in there. Like like Lee said, um, can your yeast get too happy? I mean, is that what you're kind of saying, or are you? Well, yeast is kind of like a, you know, like you're a lazy brewer. Yeast, yeast, yeah. if you if you give it too high of a temperature, it's just. It's got all the sugar there, and it just gets super happy and frenzied, and just kind of just like eat, 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 and like you know, crap out whatever. That's just this is a big party. It's just on a binge, and and it's yeah. purging whatever it can. It doesn't have to like kind of ferment at a controlled pace and really focus on you know, and and, and it's not like work. It's like a crazy you know frat party. You know right. what I mean? It's not like you're sitting there doing productive things and working on projects and you know assembling your teams and putting things together uh, anyway so yeah i mean that's a Brian's weird deep in analogy a weird right analogy now. a yeah. weird very, analogy very, but it's somewhat analogous analogy. you want to keep yeah. your yeast it's, working for you it's um, kind of like an analogy yeah so, the yeast will start putting out a lot of alcohols that aren't ethanol when they get too warm you'll get up in that solventy uh, rubbing alcohol kind of territory and they'll put out more and more esters, and they won't always be nice, and they could so do more other things, related. too. But, mm. right. It's more temperature-related. Yes, temperature-related, yeah. 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 Those higher alcohols are just kind of the same components. They just have more more carbons in the chain. They're just longer-chain alcohols, and it doesn't take many of them. They have Most of them have a pretty low flavor threshold, so even if the yeast isn't kicking out a ton of it, it still becomes noticeable pretty quickly. So anyway, I'll leave... Uh, my my weird little analogy land for now and come back to earth um the there was there was some booze in the flavor a hint of 
a uh, little cold coffee in the aftertaste. Kind of the the maltiness wasn't as much as what I wanted for a brown American brown ale, and there was no hop. I think you need at least some to balance it in an American brown ale. It calls for you know low to moderate, and some even have a higher hop. Uh, with the booze, I wouldn't probably go too high with it, but uh, yeah. And I also thought you know there was spice to clear it. I thought the spice was kind of indistinct, but now we find out there's no spice. It was perhaps a bit clove-like. That could also be, like Lee said, coming from the phenolics. Um, I think that's probably what it was. Um, yeah, body-wise, it's, it's a little warming and hot in the throat. Um, I agree with what Lee said. It's hard to tell if it's coming from the booze or from the, the higher alcohols, but it's definitely it's got a little warmth in the back of the throat. You feel that? Um, yeah. I, I did get a little bit of a stringent bite. Uh, it wasn't very creamy. The carbonation was kind of medium low, and it was just kind of biting overall. But um, yeah, missing a lot of these elements you need for the the American Brown, as I kind of said already. So the phenolic was was a little distracting in the aroma, and less so in the flavor. I would just keep your yeast really happy, pitch plenty of it, aerate or oxygenate your wort. If it's a really big beer, you want to oxygenate to get enough. With aeration, you only, only get up to about eight parts per million, even though you shake it all day um, before you pitch the yeast. Um, you know, pitch it at the appropriate temperature. I would start in the, you know, middle to upper 60s and, uh, you know, start at 66, get it up to 68 or something, let it ferment away happy. Doesn't sound like you were too far off there, so that's fine. But yeah, the woody, woody, boozy element, it's like it was playing okay with the beer, but the base style was just not there. And it was just kind of, the wood was kind of finding to be noticed behind some of the off flavors and just you know if you clean that up a little bit work on your base style first i i would not yeah i would just like go back and rebrew just the base beer again and and try to brew it a few times if this is a beer that you want to that you like and you want to drink more of um try to do it a few times and make slight tweaks to your recipe and your process and watch other people brewing and and you know maybe brew with a buddy get get someone over uh, if you're in a homebrew club, you know there's there's always people looking to brew with other folks. Well, and yeah, Andy, why don't you go through the uh, the recipe on this thing? Sure, sure. I uh, I used about sixty five percent American two row, fifteen uh, percent crystal uh, ten Lavabon, uh brown sugar probably ten percent, and then pale chocolate probably ten percent. Um, I had Amarillo hops for for bittering only about. Uh, not quite one ounce. Uh, mashed it 154, and like I said, I used the Y East uh, 1056. I did a, a one liter starter with one smack pack. So, I guess one question: Do you think I should should have pitched more yeast? One smack pack. How big a batch was this? Uh, five gallon. Five gallons. Um, I think you you should be fine with that in amount. Theory, if that it's a 10, 10 60 or below, or hey, what was the starting gravity on this beer? Um. Uh, uh. Yeah. Oh, sixty. Okay. You should have been fine. Bad. Was the yeast pretty fresh? You got to look at the dates too. Sometimes you'll get an older pack, but um, I used to just think, well, yeast packs a yeast pack. But then you look at the date; it's like you know, six months old, ten months old. It's like, whoa! Did it blow up fast <laughs> when you hit it? No, it didn't. That actually, the the smack oh. pack I got, um, I think it it might have been kind of on the the. Uh, its last leg of use and it yeah. didn't can it you know before i've always had pretty good luck with the, a fast swell on those and this one didn't I that's think, yeah i think this would have been a totally different beer with a fresh smack pack and you yeah if you if you sit you know you watch your yeast pack 
and it's swelling and it's 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 just trying to go you know and you're you're still a day or two before you're even going to brew the beer just go to the store that that day and get more yeast and pitch it into your starter and, and get it get it happier you know and also yeah. you, can, you can um when you cut open you should know what a nice fresh yeast pack smells like when you when you crack it open and one that sw- swelled right up and has that fresh kind of bready doughy smell to it and and you know it's good but if you get some weird kind of it's just smells a little off or doesn't smell right don't even put it in your starter <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah and if, if one of those things you know if you're if you're doing it at room temperature and it's not that cold where you're doing it if it doesn't blow up overnight um i would i would think twice before using it and th- they should all have a date on them too it should be fairly recent date whenever you buy one of those if it's more than a month old or six weeks I would talk to the guys at the store, look around for a different pack. Absolutely, uh, that's that's getting too old. They don't last forever. Um, I I would say yeah yeah I would say you should go back to that store and talk to those guys. I think they owe you a smack pack of good fresh yeast at least. <laughs> Honestly, they they kind of killed your beer here. I, I would I would put a lot of this, this on that. So all those solventy characteristics are probably coming from a yeast that was just too weak to get the job done. Hmm. and it, okay. it, it just didn't work i mean it's possible you might have added a little bit too much of the booze from whatever bourbon you were spiking this with too you might want to throttle that back a bit what did but you that use? would not yet necessarily explain that hot solventy character unless you use like some total thunderbird ripple sort of shit booze no which I, used, I, uh, I use maker's mark yeah that shouldn't be adding that sort of hot solventy character. Yeah. and you have that that kind of cherry cola thing going on too and i don't know where that's coming from either um, probably some esters from a yeast that was just too stressed out. So the whole thing about yeast producing esters and high alcohols like this, you know, everybody, high temperature is the way people usually talk about it, but there's other ways to get there. If you put too much yeast to make it essentially work too hard to ferment out, you can get that. If your yeast isn't healthy, you can get a lot of that. Basically, it's, it's, it's all a matter of the yeast not really being have, having enough yeast there for it to comfortably and easily do the job you've put before. If it can't do it, you're going to start getting all these sorts of off flavors, and it sounds to me like you probably had enough, probably had enough yeast or close to it, but it wasn't healthy and it just went the wrong way. Okay. There's a scale yeah, I, from you vigorous. Know, I tasted a lot of the stuff that yeah. you guys brought up, uh-huh. and that's why I decided not to spice it. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't need spicing. Yeah. Yeah, yeast kind of like the the vitality of the yeast has a scale from kind of being very vigorous to being very kind of wimpy and just kind of chugging along barely barely breathing kind of a thing you know it's uh, yeah uh and do you have any questions for the guys besides what we've kind of touched on here no i think uh they hit everything that i was kind of hoping to 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 talk about here and uh good advice and like i said i tasted a lot of the things after it fermented and that that's why i kind of aborted the, the the spice beer and then just decided to go with the the wood and the bourbon to try something else with it yeah so yeah yeah. and 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 in a competition to get to get to that point i wanted to address that in a competition i i would give this beer uh like a 17 i you know it just has a lot of uh off flavors and aromas and 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 really isn't hitting the style so that's that's where i would put it uh but so the point is if you have a beer that comes out like that and you're picking out a lot of the same things we are you want to fix it and make a better beer i wouldn't even enter it in a competition if you enjoy it enough uh, you know and your friends want to drink it just drink it or you know there's no real like saving a beer like this by tweaking it and like putting it in a booze barrel or i mean you 
you could sour it and see what happens. I don't know, but it still would probably have that the phenolic and it's weirdness. It wouldn't be that. a good sour beer. People say, "Oh well, just enter your weird funky beers as a uh, Belgian beer, and it'll be fine." It's like <laughs> you know, I don't think that a judge giving the judges who give you advice to to recategorize it as a banana beer or something is that's not really good advice. They should be telling you how to make it the beer that you intended it to be and uh, give you the the tips and tricks to 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 fix it to that to that point what you intended so yeah when andy said that i was like that's not that's not right that's not that's not what you're supposed to do yeah. as a beer judge you're supposed to judge the beer based on the the style that you were given and the, and 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 that's it not how to how to game the system a little bit and say yeah. oh well here the the flaws that you have in this beer are going to work better in this category sometimes yeah. that's well, just that's not and, and the judge judge there is assuming probably that he put bananas in there to get that flavor mm-hmm. well, and i wonder because if he thought it was just Esther's from hot ferment. He should have said this beer fermented too hot, and that's the flaw. And you, and you should address that by bringing the temperature down or pitching healthy right. yeast. I, I don't really um, get any banana out of it. Like you said, I got more like cherry, more cherry. cola. Yeah, there's some so, banana, but yeah, and maybe you've uh, you know maybe you've died down a little bit. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I say, I mean, if you have a beer like this and you're not going to send it in here to us, and we only do a couple of these a month, mm-hmm. um, you can enter it in a competition, but you'd be entering for a different reason. I mean, if you think it's really weird, put it in as the style you made and see what kind of feedback you get from the judges. Uh, in that case, maybe it wasn't the most useful feedback you could have got. Uh, you know, putting it in as a banana fruit beer, but um, hopefully most judges would be able to pick out that you know this beer had a hot ferment, had some issues with it, and give you some good feedback on how to do it better next time. Yeah. I, I think you know, for all its flaws, there's a lot of interesting stuff floating around in here. Um, I think this would be worth making sure you get some healthy yeast next time and give it another shot. Well, I, I wonder if we can't address the uh, the brown sugar edition real fast in there. That could bring up the alcohol character a lot, depending on how much you put in, because uh, that will turn straight into alcohol and it will dry out the body and lessen the body. Right. Yeah, and, and you know, in, in place of using um, malts or specialty grains to get that gravity boost to get that extra sugar, you're putting brown sugar in there, which, like you said, will just go straight to the to the uh, starting gravity, but leave the 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 body kind of lacking. Yeah. So maybe that's his problem if, also. If you put, yeah, it could be. How much did you put in there again? He said ten percent. Ten percent. That's a pretty. That's a lot. That's fairly a high. fairly high amount for a beer like this. Yeah. I don't know. That I'd I maybe would cut put, that back a bit. I don't know. I'd put any. I don't know. That I'd put any any brown sugar in an American brown ale. I mean, you think that oh, you know, brown sugar tastes good. It's nice and sweet, and it's gonna uh, add something to the beer. Intuitively, you would think that, but it in reality, it's this beer is a little dry. That I was gonna say too. That does lack some of that sweetness. It kind of finishes dry, so the chocolate flavors that are there are not getting pushed up and having that that sweetness accenting it so it's kind of not working on that element too so it finishes pretty dry and the brown sugar things like brown sugar molasses and things like that you know and different kinds of sugars can have like other elements than just the sugar in there that leave a little bit of funky flavor behind when all that sweetness that was in the sugar just dries out into alcohol (laughs) and you're left with whatever little residual funky flavors are left over from that sugar so I mean, to get that mouth or to get that that body and and maybe the replication of of some of those, uh, I don't know, flavors that you maybe intended, you know, try a, a blend of crystal malts, maybe you know, not just straight crystal ten, but maybe some higher love, like a forty and a sixty, maybe or something, just to yeah. get kind of deeper, something to boost that malt complexity. Yeah, Andy, there. <laughs> yep. All right. Good. Yep. Yeah. Um, work. We, yeah. Yeah. So we, I, yeah. I guess just check your recipe out. Lee and I both found that the body was kind of light, medium light, and that I think that's where it's coming from. The sugar, the sugar thing is it just dried it out and left it kind of lighter, and yeah, yeah, so, I can definitely, I, I definitely taste that. Yeah, 
mean, it's an interesting beer, and it's it's got a lot of flavors in it, and a lot of fruit, and, and a little booze, and a little bit of wood. It just doesn't doesn't work as that intended style. So you you know, drink it, enjoy it, and and it's it's a drinkable beer. It's um, you know, got enough interesting things going on, but you can you can fix this and make it a lot better the next time. I think it keep keep trying, keep working at it. Give yourself Definitely. a mission. Yeah. All right, Andy. That's it. All right. Well, thank you. You for, got everybody. Thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, of course, man. And uh, let us know how it goes. If you want to rebrew it and send it in, let me know, please. We'd love to. We'd love to, to check out your progress. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Cheers, buddy. Cheers man. Take Cheers. it easy, man. Cheers. Bye. Yeah. You know, and one thing that can be said about judges is, you know, they put their their uh, name, and we're doing this now too, putting our name and the, our our email address and our our BJCP ID on the score sheet. Mm-hmm. If you get feedback from a judge that's just, you know, they just bitched you out about your beer and, and said oh it's the most <laughs> horrible thing ever you know the, the tone of feedback should be fairly positive sometimes the judge is just looking for a little cop out so it can say oh uh you know it here just categorize it as that and th- they're being lazy you know let them, if they're not giving you the feedback you want and deserve or their or their their comments are a little off color you can contact them and, and and ask for clarification or you can even contact the bjcp if you get something that's really inappropriate on a score sheet yeah and you know let them know. Let the program know. But yeah. or send it to us. You know, yeah. send, send it, it to us. us. We'll embarrass them on air. No, yeah. no, we won't. No, the, co- the competition director for whatever competition it was probably be a good person to contact. Too. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'm gonna send the so, beer to us. Don't even yeah. worry about other competition. Don't, don't go straight up to the president, <laughs> BJCP. <laughs> hey, who is it? Where? Uh, anyway, okay, let's take a break, and then we come back. We're gonna mark on the phone with uh, with his Oktoberfest, which I'm looking forward to. He's pretty cool. stoked about it too. So hopefully. Right. Uh, Hopefully we won't embarrass him too much. Uh, All right, hang on a second. Uh, We'll be back right after this lovely word from your friend, Nico Brew. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Now, back to the examination. All right, it is Dr. Homebrew, and we are back. And with us on Skype, we have Mark. Mark, are you with me? I'm here. All right. Wow, we're two for two, boys. Two for two on Skype. Woo! Pretty good. Technology is a beautiful thing. All right, Mark, so you have an Oktoberfest for us, right? Yes, I do. Nice. Uh, Is this your first time brewing this style? 
No, I've brewed it a few different times. This was my first time doing a full triple decoction brew with the recipe. Though. Wow. I've even never done that. That's crazy. We're all smelling the beer. That's what that pause was. <laughs> it's It smells pretty good. <laughs> good. <laughs> it does smell good. Uh, how long have you been homebrewing to, to pull off a triple decoction? That's insane. About two and a half years, but because I've been listening to... Uh, through strong in the session i've picked up on a lot of tips over those two and a half years so thought i would jump right into a triple decoction had didn't now did you start with like a, a single decoction or a double decoction or you just said forget that if i'm going to do it i'm going to waste a lot of time so it's funny i actually did this first no decoction using um uh just uh you know just the basic ingredients then i went to a single decoction and now a triple decoction and i did a comparison of all three of them to see what differences i'd find Wow, you are insane. And uh, <laughs> what were those differences? Did you find any? I, I did, yeah. I mean, I definitely found that with the triple decoction, you get a lot more of that malt forward and the aroma and the flavor as well. Um, this one, I think, is coming across a little bit sweet for my liking, but I can definitely tell a difference between the three. Okay, well, uh, let's jump right into this, Brian. It's your go, dude. <clears throat> yeah, and the nose, there's uh, moderately rich toasted malt aroma in there. Definitely is the, the first... First thing you get, uh, no esters noted, clean lager there, um, and uh, the hops just low, spicy, kind of what you expect for the the style in the background, but uh, just supporting. Um, I thought I got a little kind of a light honey like kind of note in there in the malt, uh, or perhaps a, a hint of a, like a light oxidation coming in, but um, it wasn't bad. It just smelled just slightly kind of wordy and honey like, but. Uh, there weren't any big flaws. That was just a real minor note. No uh, DMS or diacetyl in there. Uh, very cleanly brewed. Although, so the the, the appearance uh, has this nice. Uh, it has this deep kind of reddish orange, kind of light amber color. Just uh, really uh, at good clarity. It has the right color for the beer. They they should be a little orangey looking. And um, I don't know if the decoction helps with that. Where the did you get a richer, more richness of color with the triple yeah. decoction? Yeah, it'll add. More I would color. think you would have. Definitely. You know, or the others might have been a little more yellowy and 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 you know, regular gold kind of. But this this has that real depth of color that you see in really good Mertzens. Um, they had a low off-white head that was some pinpoint bubbles, kind of mostly fine bubbles at the start, but it faded very quickly. Um, I suspect that the bottle we got. The bottles we got might be a little bit undercarbonated. So, uh, but anyway, uh, we get get to that a little more later. The <clears throat> the flavor definitely had a pleasant, rich, uh, you know, a lot of bread crusts and light toast in it. In it, uh, good complexity of malt and the right flavors that you want. That Munich kind of happiness there. I didn't think it was too sweet. It finished kind of medium and not overtly sweet. Just enough, and maybe, yeah, maybe a hint towards the sweet, but not not offensive. It wasn't cloying at all. The bitterness was just low and supporting, as it should be. Kind of a, uh, just enough there. Very clean. Good lager ferment is apparent here. Just just a uh, hint of fruitiness coming probably from the malt, I think, and um, and the process probably. But, you know, along, alongside that bread crust, sometimes you get a little... Honey, honey-like thing in there, you know that that goes alongside it too, and that maybe that could be also a little oxidation, but I don't, I don't think it's not severely oxidized or anything. But 
you know, you, that bread crust just lingers right into the aftertaste. Um, hot flavor is very low and just kind of supporting, vaguely spicy. Not, uh, I really wasn't getting as much of the oxidation in the flavor as I did in, in the aroma of that, that kind of honey, honey like note, the light, papery thing I was getting. But, um, again, not bad. Um, mouthfeel wise, it's medium bodied as, as hoped. Uh, no warmth apparent, just, um, you know, somewhat creamy, but it all—it also had a f- fairly low carbonation. You um, drink it out of the bottle. I don't know if you're, if you, are you drinking a sample from from keg with us there, Mark, or do you, or do you have the bottles too? Uh, I'm I'm drinking out of the bottle just like well, you guys. Are. Okay, it was all bottled. Or okay, yep. cool. Um, I didn't get any astringency, and the the mouthfeel was just clean and and pretty much what was expected. The, the carbonation was the one thing, but can't really knock it down that much for that. But it is. I think doing your beer maybe a little bit of a disservice not having that carbonation there. It's a it's a very nice, clean interpretation of the Meritzen style. Obvious good ingredient choices and lagering technique and process. Um, you know, we we can't guess that you did a decoction, but you know, if I had to guess on a beer like this, I would say, yeah, they probably did because it does make a difference. Um, it is fairly obvious when you taste it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I've, yeah, I've tried making beers with, without doing decoction because, you know, sometimes I'm a little lazy too and you can use like melanoid and malt in a bock and stuff and you kind of approximate a little bit some of the flavors you get with that, but it's not, not the same. It's like manufactured. <laughs> um, the aroma would, would come across uh, a little cleaner without that faint hint of oxidation, but again, that's a very fine point. Also could stand to use a fair amount more carbonation to push out the good flavors that are here. Um, really nice, nice job on this beer. I mean, the one note I would add is that it kind of tastes like the the first sip of this beer tastes a little bit like the last sip of most really good German Meritons that I drink. You know, you've been drinking it for a while and you get to the bottom of that glass and it still tastes good, but it's just a little flatter and it has that, you know, all the flavors are there and it just comes across in a slightly different way. And that's what it kind of tastes like to me, I think. Um, really good beer. I gave it a 36, but... Um, the, if you bumped up the carbonation, you definitely bring it up several points. Uh, so you know, nice job. Thank yeah, you. Several points, really, just for oh. just from carbonation level. Yeah, really, it would it would push those flavors out a lot. It wouldn't have that kind of slightly flat taste that I'm getting. And and uh, yeah, it's it's easy if you if you bottle beers off a keg too. Sometimes you have to bump them up just a a little bit before you bottle them for a competition. You know, get it up a little bit uh, higher, and then because you're going to lose a little bit depending. You know, even if you have the fanciest counter pressure filler out there, you're still going to lose a little bit. And or if you're like most people, like me, and you use a, you know, a bottle filler with a, a number two stopper on it and jam that in the bottle and kind of bleed the the uh, pressure manually, you know. And also be sure to purge your bottles with with CO two when you're bottling for a competition before you put the beer in there. And you know, there's a lot of little tricks you can do in bottling. Um, that's bottling is a whole other topic, you know. Right. Is it bottle conditioned or is it? Uh, is it from a keg? It's from a keg. Okay. I use the the Blickman beer gun. Yeah. That's you know, good product. Lee, why don't you add to that? Well, I, Brian gave a pretty good description of it there. I'm not going to add a whole lot to uh, a repetition of the same things, but definitely picked up a lot of those toasty melanoidins, um, sweet malt, uh, very low hops in general, a little bit of a cherry flavor in there. It's probably coming from some Munich malt. I uh, quite often get that with Munich malt. Medium body. Carbonation is pretty low. Um, I think that kind of hurt the beer. 
Um, but those malt flavors, which is what this style is all about, are actually quite nice. I like that a lot. Um, what I did get in here, I mean, the carbonation was low, and that I thought was an issue because that kind of takes away the head and the presentation of it, which is a big part of this this style is to have that nice creamy head that should just really last and linger, and that just went right away. Um, and it takes away the kind of creaminess and the mouthfeel that you want with this beer. So it kind of hurts it there. I would love to have had this gassed up to the proper level. I think it might have been uh, a very, it would have been, a, as Brian said, several points higher on the score. It would be pretty nice. Um, the other thing I got, I, I got a touch of that sort of honey character you talked with the oxidation. I also was getting, I was talking with Brian earlier, kind of a sulfur character in here. Uh, sulfite, not sulfide. Sulfide would be the, the rotten egg. Sulfite, sort of more the sharper, almost burnt match kind of thing. Do get that, yeah. And I'm getting a moderate amount of that, although some of it might be getting kind of uh, confused with a little bit of hop flavor, too. I wasn't really picking that up earlier, but it could have some kind of lavendery hop character to it. What kind of hops did you use in here? Uh, I just used uh, Mount Hood. Mount Hood, yeah, okay. Very, very small amount at the beginning of the boil, I think. Um, I don't know. 23 IBUs. And no flavor hops? No flavor, no. Just the one addition right. at the beginning. And that's probably just uh, some sulfur I'm picking up. So, so, I mean, most lager ferments will put out a lot of sulfur, and it sounds like you've done a few of these, so you probably know. I mean, you do a lager ferment in a closed fridge, you open the door when that thing's cranking, it'll put out enough sulfur to practically knock you over. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, it's not something you want in the beer, so a good vigorous ferment should scrub it out. But sometimes, you know, you'll need to, the yeast, it's a little bit of yeast hanging around during the, the later stages, and the lagering will reabsorb some of that, too, and it will also scrub out as those from out the last point or two of gravity as well. You need to make sure that the beer can vent during that stage so the sulfur can evaporate and get out of there. Um, so I, I thought the sulfur was a little bit high in the beer. Um, other than that, you know, a little bit of sulfur, touch of oxidation is kind of flat. Sweep those things aside. This is actually a really nice Oktoberfest. Uh, good malt flavors clean ferment other than the sulfur but there's no signs of diacetyl or dms which are the usual problems you get with this especially the dms um no sign of contamination or anything i thought it was very nice um so all in all i thought it was a pretty good beer i gave it a 30 i'd give it probably five to eight or maybe more points higher if it was properly carbonated up um but i think that was a pretty nice beer um, the one thing for carbonation if you're doing it I don't, I don't know how you're doing it uh blickman certainly is a good tool to do this with uh, the tricks that I like to use to make sure you get it up, get the carbonation levels right, maybe dial it up a pound or two higher than you're intending for the pressure. Um, sanitize your bottles, and I'll usually put a little cap of foil on them, and I'll throw them in the freezer overnight. You want those bottles mm. really cold. Um, and then make sure your beer is about as cold as the refrigerator will get, because cold helps the CO2 stay in solution. So you do all this really cold, you'll get better carbonation, so, less loss during bottling. Yeah. Some, some folks even yeah. put their kegs in a uh, a bucket full of ice while they're bottling just to keep yeah. it. Because as you're bottling, sometimes the first bottle goes fine, then you start getting a little more foam on the second bottle, and it goes worse and worse, and you get inconsistent bottles from one to the next. Yeah, it, but, and, yeah, and, all those tips are great tips. Yeah, make sure you cap it as soon as you can. Don't let them all sit there lined up with the caps just sitting on them for half an hour venting out the gas. Put right. that cap on there yeah. right away. And, of course, maybe you did all this. I don't know. But um, that that's sort of the general advice I would give for a beer that came out that was bottle ca- keg filled but kind of flat try to cap on foam too if you can to avoid the oxidation yeah. uh mark do you have any questions for the guys yeah i had a couple of things uh yeah. the first one is this is about 50 percent munich in my uh grain bill here do you think if i bump down the munich and bumped up the vienna and pills there a little bit it might 
uh, I don't know, it might kind of calm down some of those Munichy flavors you get and, and, and maybe help my score there. No, I, well, I personally, I would say you want those Munichy flavors. That's what this beer is all about. I agree. I think the the Munich-y, the amount of Munichy flavor in it was was right on the level you want it. Uh, if it was a little more carbonated, it could push off even more of those. I don't know, but it was it seemed it seemed right to me. Yeah, I've seen people make these. I've done them myself. Uh, Eighty to one hundred percent Munich ball. That's that's great. Fantastic. So you think you should you should increase? Well, if he's doing a Munich Vienna blend, it's a slightly different take on it, so he could stick mm-hmm. with that, or he could shift over to more Munich oriented. It's kind of up to the brewer. I think I would you say. know, and some people think of Munich and or of Meritzen and Oktoberfest as, as two distinct styles, um, and I kind of do. Like you get an Oktoberfest beer, and it's a little lighter. If you wanted to call it like an Oktoberfest, that pour in the, the beer halls at Oktoberfest, you would probably want to lighten it, lighten that Munich up just a little bit. But I think of this beer as, uh, and I judge it as, to my taste, as, as a Meritzen, and it has that richness of malt that you get in a nice, solid Meritzen. Just like that beer. Um, I, I think one thing you could also do is, you know, experiment with that hop. And, you know, Mount Hood is a descendant of uh, Holler Tower Middle Fruit, but, um, you know, and, and sometimes it's a good idea to use the local hop that is fresh, and if you have access to it, uh, rather than get the get the hop that was shipped from germany and who knows how it was handled but um you could you could experiment with using the hollertown middle fruit or, or another noble hop in there and and see what happens if you can get a hold of some fresh stuff and and uh play with that but the hop was working uh if you bumped it up a little bit you might notice oh wait this this is kind of a, a little different hop it might might come across more mount hoodie and less of the noble but the hop wasn't very noticeable. You could stand to bump it up a little bit, and it'd still be in balance, and it might balance some of that sweetness out that you're talking about. But that's just an idea. I wouldn't go crazy with that, just that faint adjustment or switching of hop. All right. Anything else, Mark? No, I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you very okay. much. Really cool. nice job lagering. That is a hard skill to develop, and I think you, you've got it. Uh, you've got that part down pretty well. The, the sulfury thing was not offensive, and, and lagers can be a little bit sulfury. Uh, and and you can get away with it. It wasn't over the threshold of being annoyingly sulfury lager beer, and none of the other things you you don't want, like the acid aldehyde or anything in there. It was just just right. Awesome. Thanks, Mark, for sending that in, man. That was great. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Cheers. man. Take it right. easy. Cheers. Thanks. All right. Well, uh, let's take a break. Take our final break of the evening, and then uh, come back. We'll give our little uh, I don't know final word of advice or kind of recap, I suppose. And uh, and then get out of here. What do you guys think? Deep thoughts. We can just like Deep spout wisdom it. at the end of the show, and it'll be. Yeah. Oh, we've been doing it all along. We need a break. Okay. We got to tell a joke. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we never can't. joke okay. around here. Yes, we're so serious. Oh, yes. I know, right? This show's been kind of serious. Actually. You must bruise it beer this certain way. <laughs> all right, hang on a second, everybody. It's Doctor Over. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over 
over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, and we are back. We're wrapping up the show here. We're going to run through our two guys. We had Andy and Mark on. Andy had the uh, brown ale, and uh, we had a few notes for him. He's only been brewing about a year, so, you know, guy's still learning. Uh, basically, I had three things. It was fermentation temperature, fresh yeast, and uh, basically just redo the recipe. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I mean, um, maybe that sounds a little I, more, I more harsh than I agree with the first two. The, the, we the last one, maybe I just throttled back the sugar. The rest of the recipe, I think, it was sort of hidden under all that that crazy yeast esters and alcohol and the wood that, from the okay. and stuff. Uh, probably less sugar would be good. Less maybe sugar. a little darker crystal malt if he wants to get that kind of sugar, darker sugar flavor in there. So redo the sort recipe. Sort of analogous, but yeah. partially. Yeah, not, <laughs> partially. not like totally. Oh, yeah, and yeah. add more flavor hops. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, yeah. So redo the recipe. Maybe some aroma hops. Yeah. <laughs> and get some fresher yeast. Yeah, uh, I, I think you should make the guys at whatever store sold them like I, like, like yeah. the yeast pack. They they toasted his beer by selling them, and you know, I mean, unless he bought that, like, let it sit under the live under the TV for three months before he used it. Right. Yeah, it depends on yeah when he bought it versus when he smacked yeah. it. Right. Yeah, but if he bought it, he bought it. He used kept it in the fridge if he didn't use it and used it right away or within a couple of days. That should have just lit right up and gone. Right. Not you, not have been like the that. guy got a bum yeast pack. That's all it was. It um, happens. It happens, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you can be stupid too, and you know, buy your yeast at go to the homebrew shop first, and then go do all your grocery shopping on a hundred degree day, and leave it sitting in the van all, and your yeast is going to be toast <laughs> at the end of that, yes. you know, for four hours in the car, and you're just like, oh, let me need some cottage cheese, I need some of this, and it's, you know, <laughs> something tells me I don't want to go shopping with Brian. No, I don't eat cottage cheese. Actually. Oh, okay, I'm just like. You know, you could be happily just like a little old lady at the choosing, store. Choosing, choosing oh, the things off are the coming over. What are they going to eat? Well, they, oh, they got cheese. I forgot. I need to go to the you know the big box store and buy some speakers. I'll do that today too. You know, <laughs> who cares if it's 110? I used to sit in the car. <laughs> oh, where do you come up with this shit? <laughs> you know, <laughs> experience. I just, I just work uh, here. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, uh, that was it for Andy, right? Andy's really trying hard, and he's, and he's enthusiastic. I hope he yes. keeps trying on this and, and uh, makes that recipe again, brew it a few times, dial it in. 
Absolutely. And send it to us again then. Yeah, we'd love yeah. to. We'd love to try it. Uh, and then there was Mark. And then there was Mark. Triple decoction, crazy man. Yeah. The only thing was Mark's, you know, was was a little undercarbonated in that bottle, and and mm-hmm. hopefully some of the tips there would help. And uh, next time it'll it'll, uh, you know, it is one of the hardest things though. But you know, when you're when you're sending a beer for competition, it's a good idea to bottle a couple extra so you can, uh, you know, if you bottled it and you thought you did it right, and then you you check it before you put in the entry, it's a little low. Well, you could always, you know. Just drink that more. beer and bottle a few more off the keg and, and dial it in a little better. Then you can also have one extra bottle, too, where you save it for, you know, some people save it for a competition day and drink it alongside the judges virtually, you know, and kind of taste the beer on the day it's being judged. And then, you know, they might say, oh, it just picked up a little oxidation at the time that it's been sitting here. You know, maybe I need to work on that process or whatever, you know, just kind of be able to taste and, and objectively kind of taste your own beer. That's one of the hardest things, though. It's like... Everybody likes their own beer. Everybody likes the taste of their own brand of Maybe. beers. Yeah, you yeah. always probably score your beer 10 points higher than it deserves if you know that it's yours. Because it's, it's your baby. You love it. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're counter-pressuring, freeze your bottles. Make sure the beer is as cold as you can get it. Uh, don't leave it sitting there for a while before capping it or even with cap sitting on. No, get those things crimped on there right away. Mm-hmm. Make sure you got foam up to the tops. So there's no oxygen in there. And just keep it cold, cold, cold the whole time. And like Brian said, if you're if you're doing for a comp, do you know a few extra bottles if you're not doing the entire batch at once. Make sure you got the carbonation right. And if you don't, go back, bump it up higher, and do another batch. It's probably a good way to do it. Uh, yeah, Mark. And, you know, until you totally have your procedure down and know exactly how it's going to work for you. Right. But Mark's a brave man. I mean, the the bottling is one little element, and you know he went through all these Herculean efforts to do the lagering and the the triple decoction. He, he, yeah. He's a brave man, and he's making some good lagers out there. So that's right. We we need more brewers like Mark out there and sending us beer. That's right. He, he gets he gets to share the True Believer Award here. That's true. The non-existent award. Right. All right, everybody. We are done here. Doctor Homebrew is officially over with. Thanks again to Andy and Mark, and uh, I will get uh, we, we, uh, your addresses over to Five Star. The fine folks at FiveStarChemicals.com, they uh, not only sponsor this great show, uh, but they also send out little prize packs, and you get some PBW and I think some Star Sand and kind of some other stuff. So if you're on the show, if you're interested in being on the show, and especially if you're interested in getting that nice prize pack from Five Star, email me, jp at thebringnetwork.com, and I will eventually be in contact with you. We have a, a, a few-month waiting list, but, uh, you know, there's always room for one more. So shoot me an email. Andy, Mark, look for that prize pack in a couple weeks from Five Star Chemicals. Uh, Brian, Lee, yeah. thank you guys for joining Does us again. Like 21A Ooh. stickers, too, and stuff? Or? Um, no. <laughs> That's okay. No. Just five-star stuff right now. But We like, uh, we like 21A. If you come out to San Francisco, um, Lee and Brian will meet you at the 21A for a beer. And, there you and, go. And they'll pay. All right, everybody. Until next time, this has been Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for listening. It's all good.